From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. 15 years ago, Scott Morrison entered Parliament, winning the safe Liberal seat of Cook. The story of how he got pre-selected for that seat has long been surrounded by controversy. Now, for the first time, first-hand accounts of what happened have emerged in the form of statutory declarations. What they describe is a campaign led by Morrison to discredit a political rival based on his ethnic background and false rumours about his religion. Today, Chief Political Correspondent for the Saturday paper, Karen Middleton, who broke the story on what really happened and what it tells us about Scott Morrison as a politician. It's Wednesday, April 6. Karen, let's go back to where this story begins, which is 2007 when Scott Morrison was looking for a seat to get into Parliament and he settled on the seat of Cook. Can you tell me a bit about that seat? Yes. So the seat of Cook is in the Sutherland Shire, or the Shire, as people from there like to call it, in South Sydney. The Shire is sort of almost like a big village. And people in the Shire, we've had uh, probably not too much invasion from the outside. And we've had this racial problem has been something that has been stepping up for a number of years. And it's quite a conservative electorate. You know, it's just the people from uh, Sutherland Shire that got something against us. And um, how they say we want our beach back, they're saying this isn't your beach, well, it's not their beach either. It's also the electorate where, back in 2005, the now notorious Cronulla riots had taken place. It was a disastrous day to be Lebanese and to go to the beach. An incendiary combination of booze, twisted nationalism and naked racism. Between some of the local people involved in the sort of surf culture in Cronulla and some Lebanese Australians who'd come from Western Sydney. Text messages had been circulating which could leave no one in any doubt as to the intention of the day and the sentiments of those organising it. One message read... Aussie in the Shire, get down the North Cronulla to help support Leb and Wog bashing day. Bring your mates down and let's show them that this is our beach and they're never welcome back. So there was some sensitivity in that electorate in particular around issues to do with racial tensions or ethnic prejudices and the like. It was billed as the day Cronulla residents would take back the beaches, but it soon turned into a riot. Their target, anyone of Middle Eastern appearance who they claim have been harassing locals at the beach. Young women caught up in the violence, along with an ambulance. It was pelted with beer bottles for carrying Lebanese victims to hospital. Mm, Okay, so that is the dynamic in the seat of Cook in 2005. So what happened next when the seat came up for pre-selection going into the 2007 election? Well, the frontrunner in the contest was Michael Toke, who was of Lebanese Christian heritage. He's a Catholic Maronite. He was born in Sydney of a Lebanese background, a conservative member of the community, had a pretty good CV. He had multiple degrees. He'd won a university prize. He was an upstanding member of the community. He was up against, among other people, Scott Morrison, who had been the state director of the Liberal Party. And he ended up winning that first vote, 82 votes to Scott Morrison's eight. 
But as soon as Michael Toke won that ballot, there were moves afoot to overturn that vote. And in the end, the New South Wales Liberal Party invalidated Michael Toke's victory. And then um, a number of things flowed from that that led to Scott Morrison being effectively installed. Right. So Michael Toke actually won pre-selection for the seat of Cook in 2007 by quite a big margin, 82 votes to Scott Morrison's eight. Yet Scott Morrison ended up as the candidate. So how exactly did that happen, Karen? So yes, what happened in between of those two votes was that there started to be what was effectively shown to be a smear campaign against Michael Toke. We've heard a little bit of detail of that in recent years, interesting coming from the Labor Party. Uh, Back in 2018, after Scott Morrison became Prime Minister, Sam Dastiari, who was a Labor senator who'd basically been forced out because of some of his connections with people in the Chinese community. I love how it's former disgrace senator now, like the whole disgrace is former. (laughs) Uh, Now, new prime minister. New prime minister. What do you know about this? You know what? Now, I'm slamming it on what I've got with me, which is the Scott Morrison dossier. Okay, now I asked you to put something together. You did. You did. You didn't give me a lot of time. He talked on radio about how he'd been an operative in the Labor head office in New South Wales and that he said members of the Liberal Party approached him and asked for a dirt file on Michael Toke. Now, he alleges that they were connected to Scott Morrison. He made that allegation on the radio. Scott Morrison's lieutenants, and I'm sure with Scott Morrison's knowledge, turned to the Labor Party and asked them to prepare the dirt file on his political opponent to be able to get rid of the guy uh, and actually have him disendorse as Liberal Party candidate. Really? I know this because I was the one who put the file together. He says it was because Michael Toke had at one point been a member of the Labor Party briefly that they were looking for dirt to spread around on Michael Toke after he had won the pre-selection. The way they weaponised it, they had decided. I mean, Scott Morrison was a really powerful guy in the Liberal Party. He used to be the state director of the Liberals. You know, he was um, was a a big power broker in their party. The way they were able to use this information and the way they were able to weaponise it, I mean, the PM only became a member of Parliament because he used the Labor Party to knock off his political internal opponents. What then ensued were a series of damaging newspaper reports alleging all kinds of activity that Michael Toke says he had not engaged in, and he then took a defamation action against the Daily Telegraph newspaper. It took a couple of years for that to be wound up, and and the pre-selection matters were all resolved well before that, but ultimately the newspaper settled that action. In the meantime... The pressure had been immense on Michael Toke and his family. I'm just glad, and my family are more so glad that this thing is finally over and we can actually have some closure on it. And, you know, to the allegations, you know, they were intended to demonise and, and, and obviously defame me. Um, does, this, does this tell us something? And he ended up signing an agreement with the New South Wales Liberal Party director, Graham Jeske, to the effect that the Liberal Party would make a statement that he was a fit and proper person and a reasonable candidate and effectively saying that these things that were being put around about him were untrue. But in return for that, he was to promise that he was not going to be a candidate. He effectively had to withdraw from the contest. Look, mate, I've moved on from that. I moved on immediately after, uh, you know, I withdrew my candidacy um, and supported the the new candidate. Um, I've got a job in the telecommunications industry as an engineer. And he has said since that he was so burnt by the whole exercise and the things that he alleges were said about him to try and dissuade people from voting for him that he stepped away and he's never 
been in representative politics since. Mm. And Karen, this all happened 15 years ago now. So can you tell me how and, and why this is all coming up now? So this came up again last week when Liberal Senator Conchetta Fioravanti Wells had a very angry spray in the Parliament late on budget night, just a couple of hours after the budget was unveiled. Uh, Senator Fioravanti Wells. Mr Acting Deputy President, given the events and outcomes of the dodgy pre-selection... She got up and used parliamentary privilege to make a very damaging speech about Scott Morrison. Now, she is an angry person at the moment because she has been relegated in her pre-selection to an unwinnable position on the Senate ticket. Now, Scott Morrison and Senator Fioravanti Wells have no love lost between them. They are not friends. Many in this place would be aware of the history I've had with Scott Morrison. Let me give some clarity and context to that history so there can be no misunderstanding. And he's been trying to see her off for some time because she's been a thorn in his side, very outspoken and critical of him, and no less so in that speech. In order to understand the man, it is best to look at his past actions. He is adept at running with the foxes and hunting with the hounds, lacking the moral compass and having no conscience. And during her speech on Tuesday night, which was really seen as getting back at Scott Morrison for for this action. She called him a bully. She said he wasn't fit to be Prime Minister. She also attacked his political lieutenant, Alex Hawke, who is a minister and a a factional ally of Scott Morrison, and and criticised both of them. And she included one line in which she said that statutory declarations had been signed by a number of people in the wake of that 2007 pre-selection. I'm advised that there are several statutory declarations to attest to racial comments made by Morrison at the time that we can't have a Lebanese person in Cook. To the effect that Scott Morrison had tried to use Michael Toke's Lebanese heritage against him to encourage people that they shouldn't vote for him uh, in that seat at that time. Having lost the ballot, Morrison and his cronies went to Sam Dastiari to get dirt on Toke. This dossier of anecdotes was weaponised and leaked to the media to the point where Toke's reputation was destroyed. Since then, Morrison has never faced a pre-selection. So that is where this has all re-emerged all of a sudden. We'll be back in a moment. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Karen, as part of this story, you've published for the first time details of the statutory declarations outlining what happened in Scott Morrison's pre-selection and how he allegedly used race and religion to undermine his rival. Can you tell me more about what is in those documents? So I understand there to be several. One of them was signed by Michael Toke himself, which was 
detailing what people had told him Scott Morrison had allegedly said to them and they had outlined things they said had been a part of conversations they'd had with Scott Morrison. He, they alleged that uh, Scott Morrison had brought up Michael Toke's Lebanese heritage and had also said that there were rumours that Michael Toke uh, was a Muslim, that he'd been associated with sort of criminal activities and, and engaged in improper behaviours. Michael Toke says all of these allegations were untrue, but he he saw them as a, an attempt to smear his name and undermine his attempts to be pre-selected. So those kinds of things were included in Michael Toke's statutory declaration. And the other key stat deck that we're aware of is one from a man called Scott Chapman, who was one of the pre-selectors at the time. And so Michael Toke and Scott Chapman signed these statutory declarations to put down on paper in a legally enforceable form what they say happened. Mm. Okay, and so what has the response been like, Karen, since you made public some of the contents of these statutory declarations? What has Scott Morrison said? What have others said about all of it? Scott Morrison has denied that he ever said any of these things. These are quite malicious and bitter slurs, which are deeply offensive, and I reject them out absolutely. And he's raised questions about the motivations of the people who've raised them. He points to Senator Fear of Anti Wells's defeat at her pre-selection and says that she would be disappointed and that that might be why she was speaking out against him. Oh, well, look, I understand that Connie is disappointed that as 500 members of the Liberal Party came to select our candidates for the Senate at the next election, that she was unsuccessful. He's rejected her allegations that he's a bully, all the things that she has said and the specific allegations about him raising issues of Michael Toke's Lebanese heritage. I think I've been very clear. I absolutely reject that as malicious slurs. But others have come out and sort of endorsed what Senator Fear of Anti-Wells has said. Senator Pauline Hanson from One Nation said that she also thinks that Scott Morrison is a bully. She gave a speech in the Senate. He is a bully and I back the Senator up completely with that. He is a bully because I have experienced it myself. Senator Jackie Lambie has said similar things. She also thinks that Scott Morrison is a bully. Uh, There's many of us females here that have had to um, be in and sit with Scott Morrison. I can tell you what, he's probably one of the most unpleasant men I've ever had to sit in front of. He is a bully uh, and that's the truth of the matter and good on Connie. For- but other people equally have come out and dismissed the sorts of things that have been said to Dr Jamal Riffey, a very well-respected medical practitioner, and Danny Abdullah, both of whom have friendships with Scott Morrison, have said that these allegations don't accord with their knowledge of him. So it's a complicated web here and people are taking sides. But at the moment, it's the word of those who've signed legal documents to say what they argue happened versus the Prime Minister who says he's willing to sign a statutory declaration, but only if the matter goes before a court. He's been asked if he would sign it. Uh, without going to court, and his office has declined. Okay, and Karen, you have been working on this story for a long time, for years. Having finally been able to publish some of this, I wonder what you think that it all means for Scott Morrison, because it does sort of sound like a case of his past catching up with him. So why now? Well, it's bad timing, for sure. He's cast aspersions on the timing. He's raised questions about why these things would come out now. I guess, you know, you you need to ask the people who've been willing to speak, but 
I think they've probably sensed that Scott Morrison is not as popular as he once was. Perhaps they feel he's less powerful. Perhaps they have more courage. Perhaps they've decided for their own reasons that in this close proximity to an election, it's a good time to talk about it. Whatever the the collective motivations are, the timing is very poor for Scott Morrison. He's literally about to call an election and he would really have not wanted this to come out at this point. Mm, absolutely. Um, Taryn, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, New South Wales has reported over 19,000 new coronavirus cases on Tuesday, but figures are likely to be at least 50% higher, according to authorities. The state's health minister, Brad Hazard, said that public health officials believe it's a big underestimate because many people are not reporting their positive cases. In Victoria, the latest wave of COVID-19 is likely to peak sometime this month. Victoria recorded 12,007 new infections yesterday, the highest single-day total for the state since early February. And New South Wales Liberal Catherine Cusack has accused Prime Minister Scott Morrison of, quote, self-serving, ruthless bullying. The sitting Liberal said she could not vote for the party at the next election. Two weeks ago, Cusack announced her resignation from the Legislative Council as a protest over the federal government's flood relief response, saying she was appalled at how the process had been politicised. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.